Okay, well, this morning we pretty much uh, laid it out uh, like it is. Um, whether we really like to hear that kind of stuff or fess up to it, uh, I honestly don't either. But this day and age that we live in is like no other. And so it's not any, going to be of any value to you and I if we pretend that it's not or if we try to gloss it over somehow. Um, I did find that article, not that I'm going to uh, go into the same ideas I had this morning. Actually, tonight, uh, making the effort to come back, you should see and experience um, the Word of God tonight will show you why you will stand, why you will stand after uh, we went through this morning. It's called Foundation or a Sure Foundation is what tonight's message is all about. But right before we get there, if Mike will put up uh, the the uh, Fox News article that I couldn't find today, uh, the very top says, look, Christian victims of rising hostility from government secular groups, report says, is talking about a rise like never before. And I've been saved at sea. I'll be, I'm saved 38 years, and I have, there's always been some to- type of persecution going on, but never to this extent, never to where it's uh, in the papers and in the news and in articles and various things that we showed you this morning. It's a 140-page survey. They do 600 uh, various reports, uh, examples of various things that gone on. Just scroll over, read a few of them. Here's this guy, Matthew Reynolds, a valedictorian from his junior high school in Iowa. Iowa was told he had to give a secular speech after he wished to attribute his success to his faith in Jesus Christ during his graduation speech. Telling him actually what to say. Telling him what to say. That's what they're probably going to do to us pastors. That's what's coming next, is to stifle the voice of the Christianity. There's this guy I was trying to tell you, Dr. Frank Turk, a Cisco employee, was fired by express, for expressing his views on traditional marriage in his book, even though he never voiced his religious opinions at work. Fired. Fired. Look at this next one, Samantha. Eight was barred from singing Kumbaya at a boys and girls club in Florida because the song included the words, Oh Lord. Kumbaya. This, this is what you and I are living in. This is the day and age. So with that said, um, there's others, but we'll just move on now, and we'll look to this sure foundation that you and I must be built upon in order to stand in these coming days. Uh, in fact, uh, that's incorrect. In order to stand in these days, uh, not coming days. For some reason, I, I say that, but we're in them. We're actually in them right now. So the opening text is found in Isaiah 28:16. It says, "Therefore thus saith the Lord God, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste." Our job is to have our life built on this sure foundation. Because all foundations are going to be exposed. And we'll see that as we go on. All foundations, foundations on how they were made, what they were built on, what's keeping them together, the materials used, God's going to expose all these foundations. Romans 9.33 says, As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. This 
Christianity, why it is so targeted in our world right now, because it's a rock of offense to the unsaved. They can't stand it. Get that light out of my eyes. No other religion will do that. So that's why Christianity is the one going to be coming under the gun. A sure foundation is what you must have. Absolutely must have in order to stand. 1 Corinthians 3.11 tells us, For other foundation can no man laid that is laid, and this is which is Jesus Christ. This is the only foundation. Doesn't matter what your best friend's telling you, what your grandma's telling you, what your dad's telling you. This is the foundation. And it could not be in words only, in an intellect only. You're not going to stand. It must be in your heart. This sure foundation. Also, to those of you who have been coming here, I believe, I surely, sincerely believe you have been given this foundation. Here, from VBS to junior church to Sunday schools, our youth, our teens, to an adult church, you have been given this sure foundation that God says there is none other than Jesus Christ himself. 1 Corinthians 3.10, Paul tells the Corinthians this, According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Another buildeth thereupon. He's saying, I believe you have been given this great foundation. I am amazed at times at our church. I am still amazed. I was driving over here to marry Rod and Diana, shaking my head, thinking, I marry people. I was. After all these years, I still go, my goodness, I marry people. This is insane. Me from Pittsburgh, I marry people. I was. I was talking to the Lord about that. And it's kind of like this verse 10, according to the grace of God that has been given unto me. God makes us these great master builders, and we can build a ministry, our people, or our family on this great sure foundation, the grace, God's divine ability to move upon your heart and reflect it into your life. That's God's grace. That's not just because you're a hep dude or you're a cool dude. No, it's, it's God's grace. And so this is what Paul's saying, and this is what's been given here for years. Even though the world and the, and the clouds of judgment, man, are all around us now, and even the lightning is shooting forth, you have this sure foundation if you keep pressing into the things of God. You have it. I believe we have laid no other foundation here. This foundation is not built upon music, although we're blessed. This, this, this foundation is not built on one person, physical, natural person. It's not. It's on Christ and Christ alone. It's been on the Word and the Word of God. We've resisted all fads to just give you the foundation that is needed so that you can stand in these last days. Ephesians 2.10 tells us this, For we are His workmanship. There's the one that builds the foundation. It's God. I am His workmanship. You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that you being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, 
who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. We are the Gentiles. Remember today, we talked about three groups of people in the world. Not black, not yellow, not Hispanic. Three groups of people. Gentiles from the seed of Adam. Jews from the seed of Abraham. And the church from the seed of Christ. That's the three groups of people in the world. That's it. Verse 12 says that at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You and I have been a work of God. I do not want God to quit working on me. I do not want God, the great builder, to be frustrated and walk away from the job site. He is this great workmanship. He's the one that does that. This word workmanship simply means that which has been made. You and I are this work of God put in place upon this sure foundation, which his son is the chief cornerstone. You cannot be moved unless you run off of it. You cannot stumble, even though we laid it out the way it's going to be this morning. If you stay according to the word of God, if you let that who is building a work in you continue. God doesn't save us merely to save us from the wrath of hell. That's, that's not the only reason, even though we rightly deserve it. We really do. He makes something beautiful of us. We are his workmanship. The idea here in the, in the Jewish writings, in the Hebrew, the idea is here, it just means a beautiful poem is what we are to God. An absolute beautiful poem as he pens this. The, the Jer Jerusalem Bible translates workmanship as a work of art. That's what we become from God, a work of art as he does this. Now, I like to put puzzles together. And Ruth and I got this, this puzzle, and it was, it was a little bit difficult for the very first puzzle, but we finally got it done. But as we went through this puzzle, there were pieces that just, you start to think, and they ripped us off. They gypped us or something, a piece is missing because nothing just jived. But as we kept going persistently trying to put this thing together, it started to come together and make this beautiful work of art. And this is what we are. Man, we could be 500 pieces of a mess. And God doesn't, he's like, what you do with a puzzle? You don't start off with a picture in the center. You start off with a frame. Right, we got to try to get this thing somewhat under control and contained. And so he built this frame around and start working. And this is what God's great workmanship in us. Colossians 1.21 says, And you that were sometimes alienated, listen to this, and enemies where? In your mind. How? By wicked works. That's what's in us without God. Yet now hath he reconciled. How? By being born again. Oh my gosh, I've been reconciled. By being born again. Now, God's tools 
and building us are nothing like the tools we would use. They're just not. I I don't even know if they do that commercial anymore. Uh, Remember the L'Oreal products? Uh, They're like double the price of Avon probably, but you're worth it. I mean, that's how they, they, they speak to your vanity. They speak to your comfort. They speak to your niceness and, and all that stuff. We're going to rip you off. We're going to take every cent you got. But you're worth it. You're going, I am. Right? I mean, it's just, that's, that, these are the things What I'm saying. This is how we would build us. With all these uh, uh, possessions of, of comfort. All these various things to just help us to relax and be what you understand God's ways are not our ways. And you have to go through some things in order to be on this sure foundation. Because when other things start to come, you'll be ready. And so God permits and uses tools that you don't even want to hear about. Ephesians 2.20 tells us, And we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the buildings fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. Now I'm supposed to be growing. I can remember, we, I don't know how long ago it was, we pulled into Jason and Shannon's house, and they out in the front there saying, hey, we put this tree. I don't remember what kind it was. Maybe it's supposed to be a flowering tree, fruit tree. I don't know what it was. And I kind of forgot about it. Great. You know, and as the years go past, I don't know how many years went past. And I think it was just this year. Jason said, that tree's gone. Because it never did anything. Didn't produce anything. Didn't grow. I don't know what. It just, it, it upset the owners enough that they yanked it out of their yard. And this is what you and I, God says, we are this building. He is the workmanship building floor after floor as we grow in the things of God, building fitly framed together. You're not a shack. God knows what he's doing. Even though you don't, get out of his way and let him do it. Let him use the tools on you that he wants to use. I should have thought of the video. Remember the video by those two kind of comic guys, but it was called the chisel. Who remembers the chisel? Well, not too bad. Where the guy would actually like be chiseling on his guy and he's going, ah, ooh, ah. And it's the work of God. Chiseling you into the image of God. Things have to fit, fitly form together. You don't want anything I build. Because it's just, I'm not that good of a builder. And after a while, it's going to be like, fine. That's good enough. Even if the, the ends are like this, that's fine, they're close. It's just not a builder. What we know God, what God does is excellent and always the best. And so he says, in whom we are this building fitly framed together, and we are to grow, not like this tree in Jason's yard, unto an holy temple in the Lord, not unto ourselves, in whom ye also are built together, listen, for an habitation of God through the Spirit. You are built to be a home for God on this sure foundation that you will not be moved in the midst of all this stuff that's going on. Now, here's some of the, to me, these are some examples of God's building program. Okay? For some of you, you've been thrown into the fiery furnace through situations you did, through situations you didn't do. It's not important. What it is, you've been thrown in the fiery furnace. 
trials and, and various things happen to you. Daniel 3, 6 tells us this. And whoso falleth not down and worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Burning, fiery furnace. Situations come on us. And we scream and holler and plead. And we bind the enemy. But a lot of times this is God's building blocks to make sure in the last days that he has called us to be in with all those persecutions that are starting to come, kumbaya, God says, you're going to need something deep inside of you. Let me do this work in you. Into the fiery furnace, you go. For some of you, your stand for God has been unpopular with your family. Friends, the pressure has been put on. Work. Stand for God in some factory, anywhere. Used to be factory, they really cuss there. They cuss everywhere. But you won't buckle, and you didn't buckle. You didn't bow. You didn't compromise. Maybe you had no clue why all this was going on. But God does the great maker, the builder, the great master builder, knows exactly what he's doing, what you'll need. And the time and trial of temptation, pressure and burdens and stress, perplexity that's coming on our nation. That's on our nation. Acts 20, 24 says, but none of these things move me. This is what God's looking for from his people. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Romans 14, 8 says, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. These are cool, nice sayings in the house of God on a nice, calm Sunday evening. But God says, no, you need this burned in you, deep into the recesses of your soul. And so he permits us to go in fiery furnaces and trials and, and betrayals and people say things about you and you wonder what's going on and the boss can't stand you and you get passed over for promotions and so forth and so on. And God's saying, just let me build in you, whether we live we live under the Lord, and whether we die, we die under the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. This is what God puts in us with these trials and things that we walk through during our Christian walk, not the L'Oreal and the perfume and all the various stuff that we want, you know, the, the nice soap, not the harsh soap. And God said, I am the master builder. So some of you are thrown in the fiery furnace different stands you take wherever you're at. Some, you're in the refiner's fire. Okay? God loves using fire. God loves using trials, situations. He has purposes for them all. The refiner's fire, Malachi 3.3 tells us this, and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. This is God. He's the one. And he shall purify the sons of Levi, that's you and I, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. So God will permit this to happen in your life. The refiner's fire, it's intense. It's to the point of melting. It's to the point of where the dross floats to the top and God 
wipes the scum off your life. And he's saying, I'm making you something beautiful, but you're in the midst of this melting. Everything's burning up. And it's beyond us to even believe that this is of God. But God says, no, 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 this is the foundation that will cause you to stand in the last days. And everything that I said this morning and all that unpleasantries and the various things we just showed you today, it's here. You cannot run to Walmart and buy this foundation. This foundation has to be a work of God in you. Through the Word of God. Through the house of God. Through your life with God. A refiner's fire. Then Job, maybe you could say as Job, and it says in 23.10, When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy because I, I really can't do anything about this. I just got to go through it. I'm not a super saint. I just got to go through it so I can come out as gold. It's faith trusting God. It's not, yeah, let's do it, man. We can do this. We can't. Without God, we can do nothing. You understand? So it's not like you, you don't sit there and say, I don't think I can, I don't, I don't think I got this. I don't have what you got. I don't got what you got. In fact, I do have what you have. Fear. So this is, this is the work of God. This is why we must let God build this foundation through his word, that rock of offense that just lays into us at times. We, all we can do is go, amen. So Job says, when he's done trying me, I shall come forth as gold. Isaiah says, behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. God uses fiery afflictions and trials, refiner's fire. He just does. You've been through them. You should be saying amen, and some of you are in them. <laughs> Man, amen. Been through some of the most gut-wrenching things in the house of God, in the name of God. Gut-wrenching. Never like in the world. In the world, I could care. Like, <laughs> so what, dude? Get a life. In the house of God, it's these gut-wrenching, you swear you're going to die, and you just got to trust God. You just, and he builds and places you on this foundation, a sure foundation that's not going to move in these dark clouds of judgments coming. Here, 1 Kings 5.17 says, And the king commanded, and they brought great stones, costly stones, and nude stones to lay the foundation of the house. Costly stones. This is what God wants built in his, the foundation being the apostles, and Peter and James and John, the cornerstone, Christ himself, the gospel, and then the costly stones, us. You know how diamonds are made. I've said it many times. A lot of times I tell you that the, the pressure from that big, ugly lump of coal sitting beside you or in your household eating your cereal, whatever, could just be a diamond in the rough. How are they made? From extreme pressure way down beneath the soil. From extreme pressure, chunks of ugly coal are made tremendous diamonds. From pressure, this is what happens, how we can stay for sure on the foundation of God, even though you don't understand what's going on with all this pressure. God is attempting to make a diamond and a foundation of gold so that you can stand. Not only stand, 
So when the masses are drowning beside you, you can say, grab a hold and pull them up, saving them out of the fire of them. Grab a hold and bringing them on what you have. This is why God is doing this. There's no reason for you to panic. Costly stone. Psalms 80 verse 5 says, Thou feedest them with bread of tears. You givest them tears to drink in great measure. Sometimes all you can do is weep. I just told someone that this morning. If all you can do is lay on your face, then put on some godly music, lay on your face, and just weep before God. These are the tools God used. Weeping. Coming to the end of yourself. Laying on your face before God. The fiery furnace. Various things. The refiner's fire. God saying, maybe you're doing good, but you got to go through this refiner's fire, this process. God has a process for the church and for this church so that you can stand. So that this is all so that you can stand. Psalms verse chapter 30, verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Maybe this is our moment of weeping, but joy is going to come. The foundation has already been laid. You and I have been tried and formed and fashioned by the mighty hand of God. I think I, I could even fall in this next one, where there's like many of us have these mixed emotions. And I see it in the Word of God. Ezra 3.12 says this, But many of the priests and Levites and chiefs of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud with joy, weeping and praise. Sometimes I think of how the church was. I love those old men of God. Raven Hills and the Paris Reedhead, and I listen to them, and sometimes I just weep. What's happened? And so even these mixed emotions God uses, they wept because they remembered the former place of worship. Some of us have shed a bucket of tears over the current state of the church in our nation. God uses so many different tools that we would never even put in our toll shed. Luke 6.47 says this, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to him who he is like. That was this morning. This morning, they had an opportunity to listen, to hear, and do it. And God says, now I'll show you what that person, who that person is like. 48 says, he is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon the house, it could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Digged deep. I dug deep this morning. Deep into your business and deep into your emotions. We just did. We had to. Because of we want to dig deep because this foundation has got to be placed deep so it will stand. I can't even remember now, but I, I'm astounded of how deep in the ground in New York they go to build those big, tall buildings. 
I don't know, I don't know what it is. We call what the ground floor, there's maybe like six under it, deep, digging deep. Now, building programs frighten many people. They just do. We don't like God in our business. Let me show you what's happened in ministries and other building programs. Ezekiel tells us this, 13. And this is what's going on today. And here is the portion, the Word of God, and the time tonight where we're going to see that God's going to expose all foundations. That time is coming because there's nothing really that we can lean on anymore. Our banking foundations, we find out they're all crooks. Our government, please. Listen, that's sad. How many people are in America? We know, anybody know? How many people are in America? 300 million, okay? Out of 300 million, anybody with that age of intellect understand, there's probably not one person you can find that would say, politics don't lie. Politicians don't lie. Think of that. Politicians, oh no, they don't lie. And then our bankers, you know, just, they, there's this whole, oh, if God doesn't come back, who will be saved? It's just so beyond us right now. And it's the same way in Christianity. I mean, because it all is lumped in the Christianity, and I'm going, that's that's not, that's not Christianity. But they swear it is. And God says, I'm going to take care of it. And this is how people build nowadays. Ezekiel 13, 1 says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel, who prophesy and say to those who prophesy out of their own heart, hear the word of the Lord. What's going on now went back on then. False prophets speaking what's in their own heart. Not what God says, just what they want to say. Verse 3. Thus saith the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. This is what God is saying to the majority of the people who profess Christianity or maybe even in the pulpit. Verse 4, he says, O Israel, your prophets are like foxes in the deserts. You have not gone up into the gaps to build a wall for the house of Israel to stand in battle on the day of the Lord. We are to make up the hedge. And God says, what's going on? Our America is being ravished by wild beasts because our walls are full of holes. Because the church is not standing up making a hedge. Not dare you to come over. We're not doing that anymore. They're all false prophets prophesying what's in their own heart. Verse 6, they have envisioned futility and false divination, saying, Thus saith the Lord, but the Lord has not sent them. Yet they hope that the word may be confirmed. The people hear it, hope it's true. Peace, peace, everything, peace. I'm lovely, you're lovely. It is. Verse 8, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because you have spoken nonsense and envisioned lies, Therefore, I am indeed, indeed against you, says the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who envision futility and who divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people, 
nor be written in the record of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord God. Now this is how people are building. Remember, we're talking about the sure foundation. God is the builder, the great builder, the master builder, knows how to build, sends you through the fires at times. Here's man's way. Because indeed, because they have seduced my people saying peace when there is no peace, and one builds a wall and they plaster it with untempered mortar. Untempered. Untempered mortar. They dabbed it with untempered mortar. Untempered mortar. This is what this means. It means a smear, gummy, slime, foolish thing. Fun stuff. This is how they're building. They're, this is what their lives are built on. The foundation they're having their children on. The foundation, some are even saying, come on, come up here. And it's not going to hold. Untempered mortar. Verse 11 says, say to those who plaster it with untempered mortar, it will fall. It's going to fall. All those that are barking in other gospel, it's all untempered mortar. And it's going to fall. There will be a flooding rain, and you, O oh, oh, great hailstones, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall tear it down. Surely, when the wall has fallen, will it not be said to you, where is the mortar which you used, that you plastered it? Doesn't man do that today? If a house just has some freakish thing, something happens to it, the walls bowed, concrete blocks fall, they start to inspect it and say, who built this? It's junk. Somebody cheated you. And that's what's going to happen here. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will cause a stormy wind to break forth in my fury, and there shall be a flooding rain in my anger and great hailstones and fury to consume it. Here it is now. So I will break down the wall you have plastered with untempered mortar and bring it down to the ground so that its foundation will be uncovered. It will fall and you shall be consumed in the midst of it. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. But you have been built upon the word of God, tried and true, tested in the fire. And if you've buried it in your heart, you will stand upon the sure foundation. You will stand on a gold foundation. You will come forth as gold, even in the midst of the rising persecution. That's coming. And you do not have to panic and run. You must be very careful whose mortar you're using and how much you're using it. This morning we kind of laid it out how we spend so much time in other things. And maybe that's what we could call untempered mortar in the various things that we do, the distractions, the excuses that we have. And God says, man, winds are coming. I mean, if you was in uh, Florida right now, especially on the west coast of Florida, you would be thinking, I'm sure glad I built my house up the coast. Instead of cutting corners and trying to save money, you paid the price. You paid the cost. And your home will withstand Isaac, most likely. So as we go deeper into these days ahead of us, be comforted that you are on the Word of God, the foundation.
that will sustain you. Do you understand? There isn't any one of us that can claim this as a personal victory. It's all the work of God, the grace given to you so that you can be this great master builder that Paul said. That you can build your life, your family's life, even neighbors around you, you can build them and put them on this foundation with you as the storm rages. And that's your job. A foundation. A sure foundation. And when all others are exposed, now listen close, and they fall and crumble, don't you dare laugh or point a finger. This is what you do. <laughs> Grab on! Grab on! That's what you do. Tricked, deceived, I don't know what, what's going on with whoever, whatever, how many of them are, but you throw it out. It's sad. It seems like us as people, we got to hit rock bottom and crash in a million pieces before we start to think, could I be wrong? And then you let the great master builder start putting the pieces, pieces back together and making this great work of art out of Jesus. Let's stand. This is why all the various ministries that we have, we plumb them with the Word of God. Teaching material, we plumb them with the Word of God. Going through, looking at books now, trying to find a, a good one, a solid one for man to man. Ruth is getting her stuff lined up for the women's Bible study. Plumb good, solid stuff to be on, to stand on. So you make it. So you finish this course with more people with you, bringing them in. Not just you by yourself. Work unto good works. You bring them in. Some will grab on, and you bring them. And you put them on this foundation. Not your foundation. God's foundation that He built. Amen? Okay. Well, we have a little bit of time. As you come to this altar, I need you to pray for a couple more. Obviously, for yourself, making sure you're on this foundation, that you're not dubbing your foundation with fake mortar, trying to just cut corners. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. But Don King's mother is at the doorstep of eternity. And Kathy Musgrave's mother sometimes seems to be getting close and then rallies and just got a text right before church started. Not doing too good right now. For our knowledge, both are saved. Both. Um, Adam just told me as he was with his grandma, she's starting to see the glorious things of heaven. And they're in this somewhat lit hospital room, lots of them, and she's going, it's so bright in here. And they're all kind of looking at each other. And, and she told Adam, she goes, being here is hell. I want to go. I want to go to heaven. Great words coming from a grandma laying on her deathbed. But nevertheless, it's still somebody's mom laying there. So be praying for Don and his family and pray for the Musgraves. Um, maybe some of you know Mary Jane Cottrell. So be praying for her. She's not that 
far along as far as we know, but seems to be heading in that direction. So as you come to the altar, take this message uh, to your heart. Don't panic. Stay upon that foundation. Keep building that foundation strong and true of the Word of God. Get others to believe in it. They will because that's your job. God has anointed you to do that, to go out into the darkness and be the light. And then please pray for your brothers and sisters that have difficult situations. Our altars are open. Please come and spend a little bit of time before the Lord. Only God can help. That's where we're at. It's taken a long time to get there, but that's where we're at. It's always been that way, but we have thought otherwise. Only God can help you, me, America, anything and everybody.